Yeah, um, I'm trying something a little different with my setup today. Uh, main difference is I'm not recording in the same place that I usually do because that's the room next to the baby's room, and I'm a loud boy. Yeah, you are. I'm a loud boy, definitely not a proud boy. <laughs> Alone in the crowd, boy. <laughs> I'm, I'm so disturbed. No, no, no. You see, I was doing Billie Eilish. Disturbed would be more like, ooh, ah, ah, ah. This is what it feels like when I make these jokes. <laughs> it is what it's like when you make these jokes. It's not great. <laughs> Until it is. <laughs> I'm still really, really proud of uh, the spite on my rage, Jandy Kartakowski's still <laughs> rogue cage. Like... <laughs> no, that that that's worth a line on a CV. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know, man. I really think Aldo should feel very, very guilty about all of the puns and the dad jokes that he makes because they're like his original sin. <laughs> oh. Uh, <laughs> Your kids are going to be paying that off. Hey. Uh, yeah, Superhuman Registration Podcast. We read and talk about a bunch of different comics, and today we read a whole bunch of original sin. And John, Aldo, I don't know what you thought about it, but who boy, <laughs> there's a lot. I liked parts of it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. We never decided who wants to summarize this. Uh, I mean, I suggested it. I mean, this. <laughs> I can I can summarize it. I think I can actually do it pretty succinctly. I figured I figured you were. Yeah, this felt like a Stephen can make sense of this. <laughs> I mean, I'll just go off. That's the thing. I'll I'll just we'll be here for like an hour. <laughs> there's there's a lot there's a lot of details. Yeah. There's a lot of details. I am not 100% sure how much the details matter. Same. So I think in the interest of, of brevity, I'm just going to give like the high-level stuff. Please do. So Original Sin kicks off with the discovery that the Watcher, the big bald guy who lives on the moon and, and watches uh, all of the major events that happen on Earth, is dead. The Watcher got shot in the head and somebody stole his eyes. And so it's pretty graphic. Like he's got a giant hole in his head and there's just blood splatter like all over his face. His eye sockets are empty. It's really quite grotesque. It is like some Duke of Gloucester stuff up in here is what's going on. Lear? Who? You guys read what? Lear. You guys read King Lear, right? No, no. Philistines. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> Dude, I took an entire class on Shakespeare, and somehow I've still never read King Lear. I, uh, it's good. I mean, like, you buckle up, because it's a, it's a, it's a doozy, but, like... I was in, like, three years of theater, and I only ever read Romeo and Juliet. Well, they pluck out this, they pluck out the Earl of Gloucester's eyes. Or Duke uh, of Gloucester, I think it's Earl, yeah. Mm. It is... The Duke of Gloucester, whose rough. name is Earl. Earl Gloucester. Earl Gloucester sounds like a guy who's really good at roofing. Like, you need somebody. <laughs> Earl Gloucester will be there at 6.59, not 7. He will be there. And he will get that roof done before it gets too hot outside. Anyway. Okay. Earl Gloucester, we believe in timeliness and dependability and paying in cash. Make sure that you have the entire amount ready when the roof is done. Earl Gloucester's Roofing Repair Co. So the watcher got Gloucestered. <laughs> And everyone's trying to figure out who done it to, uh, the, like the Avengers kind of go off and do their own thing. But then a bunch of random little groups get recruited by a mysterious stranger to 
investigate things in their own way. And these groups are just made up of really bizarre pairings. Like Ant-Man teams up with Emma Frost and the Black Panther. Uh, Punisher teams up with Doctor Strange. Moon Knight teams up with the Winter Soldier and Gamora. They're just really bizarre pairings. And so they go off and they do their investigations and they keep finding these gamma-powered bullets. And they don't really know what to make of them. Meanwhile, we eventually learn that the Watcher's eyes, at least one of them, was stolen by a trio of villains who I had actually never heard of before. Same. There's, uh, I think it's Dr. Midas... His daughter, Oubliette, and the what? orb. Hold on, was it Oubliette? I, th- I thought it was uh, Exterminatrix. Oh my gosh. Uh, no, yes. So, Exterminatrix is her villain name. Her given name is Oubliette. Ah. <laughs> I, I, I remember I got confused by that when I was reading it too. Yeah. So, the orb is uh, uh, probably the most notable of them. He's a... I believe an erstwhile Ghost Rider villain with an eyeball for a head. So it's kind of fitting that he stole the Watcher's eyes. Or one of the eyes. And he used the eye and, like, basically turned it into a literal truth bomb that explodes and reveals secrets to everyone. I hate that. I didn't realize it was a truth bomb. (laughs) (laughs) Because he didn't obnoxiously say, I'm about to drop some truth bombs on everybody, like you usually (laughs) hear that phrase. Yeah, and so these these secrets kind of get out there, and they cause some difficulties. We don't really see too much of what the secrets are, unless we read the the 3.1 and 3.2 and 5.1 issues. That, That gets into some of the stuff. Thor finds out that he has a sister who is actually Angela, although he doesn't know that at this point. The Hulk learns that... Tony Stark was at least partially responsible for uh, tampering with the bomb that turned him into the Hulk. And so the side stories kind of deal with the fallout from that. Uh, Everything surrounding the Watcher's murder kind of comes to a head on the moon, where we find out that the person who actually murdered the Watcher was Nick Fury. And that most of the time when we've been interacting with Nick Fury in the Marvel Universe, it's actually been an LMD. Because he's always stayed really young and fit and healthy. But that's not true. The real Nick Fury has aged. He's gotten progressively older. And in addition to that, he has been some sort of super secret cosmic level assassin on the level. Like, what if the Winter Soldier, but intergalactic? Yep. Okay, but, and... but also, sorry, one, one of the things was um, he has been getting older, but that, that was a recent thing. Because his Infinity Serum was uh had like had like worn out or had stopped working uh which is why he was starting to get older like really fast uh it doesn't it doesn't specify when it ran out but it seems to be like a recent thing yeah that's right oh and also it was nick fury who hired all of these random groups of heroes to uh investigate the gamma bullet things because he was using this as an opportunity to screen them to find if one of them could be his replacement as the intergalactic winter soldier type character. Um, Things come to a head on the moon with the orb and Dr. Midas and the Avengers show up. There's a big whole fight. Not that it really matters. Uh, The orb winds up like fusing with the watcher's eye. So now he's got a giant eyeball on his head and in his chest. Uh, And, uh, 
Nick Fury winds up taking over for the Watcher. The Winter Soldier winds up taking over for Nick Fury and and like the Galactic Winter Soldier role, which seems fitting. And yeah, the I don't know. I think those are kind of the main broad points. Is there anything significant that I missed? Oh, oh, you forgot you forgot the part where the orb uh, also becomes like a, the Watcher, but uh, like really in your face about it. Oh yeah, like he's the Watcher who like. Oh, he's he's kind of awful. He basically turns into what if the Watcher, but like a a death pervert. Yes, thank you. I was gonna say he. I was gonna say he's the Watcher, except he he's the one outside your window breathing real heavy. And say it's less Watcher, more peeping Tom. <laughs> I, it's. I'm thinking about this, and at first I was like, "Ooh, this is a this is a cool mystery. What is this?" And then by the time we got to the end, I was like, "Really? That was that was it." It's it's disappointing because like I I don't know if it's like movie burnout or comic burnout, but it's like ooh Nick Fury has another secret. I don't care anymore. <laughs> like you know this this felt like one more one more level of like oh it was something else all along and like shoving shoving another like retcon in there where it's like well that just kind of craps on everything that's gone before in a way like they're, they're I don't know because. The idea that there's somebody out there powerful enough to kill the Watcher is crazy. The idea that somebody is hiring the, you know, the or recruiting these specific people, and you look at it and you're like, okay, these are all heroes, but they all definitely have like a dark side, and some like, you know, a lot more than others. Like Punisher is, I think Punisher is just he's a bad guy, but he, like he's he's a, he's just a bad guy. <laughs> like, yeah, the more I think about the Punisher, it's like he's a villain. He's a psychopath. Yeah. And then you look at, like, Doctor Strange, and it's like, or Black Panther, like, T'Challa, like, you know, those are, like, good, good guys. But but are, I think, wise enough to deal with, you know, the, the gray areas of the world, you know? And especially in this context, putting, up, putting them up against, you know, Cap and, and Iron Man um, and the rest of the Avengers, it's like, no, there's, there's a difference in the group that's assembled here and the you know group that's going to come try to kick the door in and see what what's really going on and you know try to see who's going to answer for you know killing the watcher i i just like it didn't the payoff wasn't good enough it was like okay so it's nick fury and a million life model decoys okay great you know and there it, it felt like you know I don't know, like, I was killing all of these things, like, maybe if there were, like, I don't know, I don't know how you do it, see, like, do you, like, seed it for years and years that, like, oh, man, did you guys feel that? We almost all died, but something, that doesn't work, so I don't know how to do it better, so I'm complaining without a solution, which is nothing. (laughs) It's just, like, I I wish the payoff had been better, because, like, at first it was, like, holy crap, like, you know, each little group doing their own thing was kind of interesting, and it was a weird, you know grouping of of heroes um but then it was like oh the watcher and i hated the iron man and um hulk story that was a hat on a hat it was it was not needed it was stupid oh yeah and it like i hated that i that could that could have been two issues it didn't even need to happen though but if it had to happen it could have just been like two issues because the whole thing was like, huh, nope, not really. No, not really. Okay. And I get where there was an attempt to, like, tell it the way they did with, like, they just couldn't remember. And so you're you're remembering a piece at a time. But 
ultimately there it, it's like who gives a crap like this is just shoving things in where where we don't need them you know like don't put bacon on my maple donut it's one thing too many that i didn't ask for and don't tell me that i'm supposed to like it you know so let's talk creative teams real quick um so the main story of original sin was written by jason aaron art by mike deodato colors by frank martin letters by chris eliopoulos uh, and then we had a couple of the side stories. So there were two main side stories that were actually uh, in the app. They were put in as part of the event because of the numbering, which is because of the numbering. They're not really. So the Hulk versus Iron Man story was written by uh, Mark Wade and Kieran Gillen. Um, well, they did the story. Wade did the script. Mark Bagley did the pencils. Andrew Hennessy did the inks. And Jason Keith did the colors, and Corey Pettit did the letters. And then we had the the Thor and Loki stuff. Which I thought was a much better story. Much better. Agreed. Um, with, that was Jason Aaron and Al Ewing on the story. Ewing did the script um, with uh, art by a couple of different people. We had Lee Garbett and Simone Bianchi and Nolan Woodward. On colors, uh, Joe Sabino did letters. Anyway, like so, we have a lot going on. Just a lot of stuff going on. And I and I didn't mind that. And I thought some of the art was spectacular in the um, you know Thor and Lo- the Tenth Realm stuff. Like I really liked that a lot. As far as like you, you know, I don't know. I think I, I the whole Angela story, like her introduction and her time with the Guardians of the Galaxy, and then we. Um, we read a solo series of hers. And then this, like... It's like, I need to go back and reread it to give it some coherency. Because, it, like, right now, it's like, I don't know what's going on with Angela. Like, I get that, yeah. like, you know, they're coming to blows and they're, they're, you know... Yeah, it's all out in the open now. But, yeah, it it's confusing when it's been a while since you've read it, so... Yeah. So I think if this is going to have any semblance of sanity to it, we need to tackle these stories one at a time. So should we split? I mean, do we want to also split them out in the ranking? I I don't know. I mean, I kind of do. Actually, I was thinking the same because they they are so separate. Like you could read these pretty separately from from this book. As a matter of fact, I actually think the Hulk Iron Man story makes Original Sin worse. Oh yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. If you because it's it's I'm uh, like I wasn't bothered when because I read it through and then went back and read Iron Man and Hulk and if you're just like oh man Hulk is mad at Iron Man for something and there's any number of things that you can just piece together and then everything else is going on so I didn't find myself thinking about what was going on and then if you go back and read that it's it is disappointing so yeah 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 so let's let's start with the main event. Let's start with Original Sin, the 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 main story, the Jason Aaron story. Um, uh, what did we think about that? I really like the story, especially as a concept. I think some of the execution could have it could have mattered a little bit more. So what I mean is like I saw, <laughs> so I really like the the whole idea of Nick Fury, kind of being like this you know secret soldier, like secret even to the Secret Service type thing. Um, I always kind of like that idea of, like, these heroes in the background that you don't know. Like, as long as they do their job, you never know that they exist type thing. Right. So Nick Fury kind of doing that, like, I I was kind of totally down for that. And kind of the the, him trying to find the... That's the part where, like, I really didn't like this 
was him trying to like find like a replacement by like sending people out to these separate areas so they could like see what he had done and whatever and it's like i don't know man like just just grab the just pick the punisher like yeah. just pick that guy. <laughs> just pick that guy and just pick winter soldier and just have them do the thing like that's just pick in I, what world were you going to pick emma frost to do this? Yeah, exactly it's like it's, i get how she's a complicated good like bad good guy or whatever but yeah but also okay but also it's a i feel like it's a little like hypocritical for like doctor strange and and uh, Black Panther to be like, oh no, there's always a way. Like, would... it's like, oh please, I've read your books. I, <laughs> <laughs> your hands are not as clean as you pretend to be. Get, I get know your original sins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's so it's one of those things. Um, I feel like that that whole kind of side story was like a little interesting. It does make it interesting, right? Because we get like a better idea or like a better scope of like the stuff Nick Fury was doing, but also. He explains the scope of the things he was doing. So did we really need to see it from like that perspective and then get the explanation? It doesn't it just felt like a little repetitive. Yeah. And then like we get the whole thing with like all of the parties converge and everybody thinks you know somebody's the bad guy. So so cuz of course we have to have you know superhero fights. Of course. That's what bothers me is like superhero fights and then we get these nothing villains to be involved you know it got to a point when i just didn't care about you know dr midas it was like they're just heisting the watchers stuff they wanted to you know take the nullifier like the the their henchmen were the mindless ones and it's i will say that i really like the idea of having the orb as kind of like the central character who's like driven to do this stuff like he feels like he has a connection Uh like that to me was actually interesting right because he's you know, in in the book, they call him a Z-list villain, which I feel like... He, well, he kind of is. Yeah, that, that's fair. But but I really like the idea. I really like that idea of taking him, you know, what's his core characteristic? He has a big eye head. So let's let's just roll with that, you know, but a story about an eyeball. So I thought, like, that was actually interesting and, like, how he has, like, this connection with the Watcher's eyeballs and how the Watcher's eyeballs are actually, like, data banks because whatever... Um, it's it's a book about a dude named the Watcher who's like twenty feet tall and has a giant head that's twice like half the height of his body. So like, I I don't care about the specifics of an eye hard disk, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so so like I I really wish that could have been expanded a little bit more, as well as like actually I think that's it. I think we could have reduced the amount of rando teams. Hanging out with Nick Fury's past crimes and more time with the Eye Guy. I, I kind of think I agree with that. Um, the the Nick Fury stuff weirdly feels like it does not matter. I, and it goes back to like something John kind of said where it's like retconning a whole bunch of the past of the Marvel Universe so that, oh, there was a lot of horrible stuff going on, but you never saw it. And I feel like there's a way to do that well. And the the thing that immediately comes to mind, and maybe it's because we've mentioned him so already in this episode, um, the thing that immediately comes to mind is the Return of the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where they do this retcon where Bucky wasn't just the fun teenage sidekick; Bucky was like a secret stealthy assassin type, and that's why he was hanging out with Captain America. And like somehow, to me, that worked. 
in a way that what's going on in Original Sin doesn't. Um, and I think the reason for that is that all of the stuff that Bucky has been doing all along, that's now part of the story. That's now something that's being explored. Not just, you know, oh, in the past, all of these old comics that you know exist, but you've never read. They were actually super serious because the kid was killing people. But, you know, now he's here and he's having to deal with the stuff that he's done, both, you know, as a soldier then and then as the Winter Soldier. And, like, that relationship, that that whole thing becomes part of the story. I don't get the impression that any of the stuff that Nick Fury did actually matter. I, I think it because it's not even... It's, I don't think it's actually even a retcon. Because how is this any, like... How is this, like, a secret that like redefines the character or any past events because it doesn't actually affect mm. anything he kills that's yep. true it's like he yeah he kills what do you call a retcon that doesn't matter yeah exactly a, a con oh, oh <laughs> i got conned out of my time hey uh. <laughs> uh, he's on but, fire uh, oh. but that's the thing though i think if they wanted this to matter to feel important i think he i think it should have affected something right because if we're going if we're, if we're talking about characters in the background who like are, you know you know their existence essentially is is a retcon forget me not from the x-men was a better example of that okay like that was legitimately good though that's yeah i, I feel like you were saying oh if you want to do like here's this mediocre thing that was actually way better no that was a good thing. well that's, what, is, well, that's yeah. what i'm saying this is the mediocre thing but yeah that's what i'm saying is if you wanted this mediocre thing to be better you should have done what this better thing did <laughs> I just like the idea that s- there is someone out there on the wall, right? Sniping the, the Cthulhu's or whatever. Yeah. Fine. But, like. Make it matter. There's got to be a better way. Yeah, it has to matter. There's got to be a better way. Like, Fury doing it, it's like, okay, that's not really surprising. But the fact that he, you know, murdered the Watcher, that seems a bit extreme. Even even with, you know, everything you've told us that's going on, it, it just. Also, they don't, they don't, they don't really explain, I I feel like they don't, okay, let me start that over. I feel like they don't really explain that him becoming the Unseen is his punishment for killing the Watcher from the other Watchers. Like, it just kind of happens, like, we think he's dead, and then he wakes up and he is the Unseen. He looks, he looks like a reject character from the New 52 launch. So, like, oh gosh, he does. Yeah. So it's, so it's one. Of, oh no! It's so it's one of those things where like even the big changes at the end kind of still don't feel like they mattered because it's like, okay, so like how is this? So now the this thing that we didn't know he did that didn't really affect anything, he's gonna keep doing something that doesn't really matter or affect anything, until we have to bring back the watcher for some reason, right? And kind of the same thing with Bucky is like Bucky's the man on the wall. That's his title now, right? Like, the man on the wall or whatever. But it's like, does that... Is that gonna matter? No, because he's gonna go back to being the Winter Soldier at some point. So, like... None of this feels like it matters. And, like, that's the problem, right? Because, like, I think even in most event comics, it feels like it matters at the moment. Like, at least the major events feel like they matter in the moment. Even if we know a year or maybe two months later, it's all gonna get reset back to whatever the status quo is. But here it doesn't even feel like it matters in the moment. Yeah. Like, I've talked about how my favorite part of Civil War, a story that I, you know, famously don't really care Uh for, is the fact that it winds up creating a really interesting Marvel Universe to play in. Yeah. Original Sin doesn't do that. The stuff that Original Sin, like, Original Sin talks big about all of these secrets, 
but we don't know what any of those secrets are. None of those secrets matter in this story. Mm -hmm. They only pop up in the side stories, and even there, it's a question whether they matter or not. Yeah. I th we're talking around, I think, a little bit, the major change that Original Sin brought about. The only reason that it really exists as a story which is to get rid of old white Nick Fury and replace him with Sam Jackson Nick Fury. <laughs> oh, I thought you were I thought you were going to say it was to bring in to bring in Angela. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, that's Well, no, because Angela came in previously. Like Angela was brought up into the Marvel universe as a result of Age of Ultron. No, I thought it was because of this. No, Angela was already around. Cuz you remember like if you like going we'll we'll get to it in more detail, but going to the Thor and Loki story uh, we see Angela kind of hanging out in space. It's because she's been around. She showed up, I think John mentioned it earlier, I think she showed up first in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you're, you're right. You're right. Yeah. And that happened after Age of Ultron. So all of the, the Thor and Loki stuff, which I'm going to go out on a limb and say it, that's probably the best stuff that we read today, mm -hmm. didn't need to be tied into Original Sin. At all. I'm trying At to all. think, like, that's that's how he finds out. But that's it. Like, yeah. it doesn't yeah, need to be... All he does is find yeah. out that he has a sister. Okay, so... Not who the sister is. Yeah. So one of the things is... So I was curious about what some of the secrets were. Because I, I wasn't going to go and look for all the crossovers. So I did find out that Wikipedia <laughs> actually does explain some of the other ones, right? Because Captain America f has a secret that he finds out about that he doesn't want to talk about. Um, Thor, I mean, obviously he has that... There's also the thing that makes him unworthy at the end of the book. Oh, that makes me mad. Yeah. So I found out what that thing was. I also, I also, <laughs> because I, I don't know, I, I, I tend to get blinders on when I read books sometimes. So like the whole time that Spider-Man kept freaking out, I was like, oh no, did he remember something? Like, like, did he <laughs> remember that? I, like, I don't know that, uh, that like Doc Ock tried to date his, his aunt. Like, is that a thing? I don't know. <laughs> that was a thing. But... <laughs> Did he remember his dune buggy spider mobile from back in the day? So the thing yeah. that Spider-Man remembers is, uh, I guess he, well, not remembers, the secret that's told to him is the existence of Cindy Moon. Oh. oh really? Yeah. Yeah, because like uh, th the third or fourth issue of the Amazing Spider-Man run, like around that time, is like, it's an original Sin tie-in, and it's him going to go rescue Cindy Moon. And I totally spaced that. But, like, that's one of the secrets. Captain America remembers that the Illuminati mind-wiped them at some point. Uh, the Thing remembers or, like, learns. I, I should stop saying remembers because they don't remember. They learn. The Thing learns that the Human Torch had an opportunity to turn the Thing back to normal but ruined it. Jay Jonah, for some... <laughs> Jay Jonah, uh, there's a secret that... Uh... Hold on, let me read this verbatim. He fired a former Daily Bugle employee for viewing an embarrassing article that he wrote in which he praised Spider-Man in his early days of being a wrestler. Uh, like, Luke Cage remembers the... Uh, or he finds the existence of a mighty Avengers team in the 70s led by his father. There's, like, just, like, this whole interesting list of, like, secrets that people learn. I mean, some of them are interesting. Some of them are not. I was gonna say, that Luke Cage one actually sounds really cool. That Thing one... Sounds very similar to the Hulk Tony Stark story yes. that we read, which... There's also... Yeah. So, like... So, one of my favorite uh, secrets, Lockjaw. He learns the location of a very large bone he had buried. <laughs> so, that's... that's oh, gosh. That sounds like somebody's somebody's taking the piss. Yeah. 
And Howard the Duck uh, learns that he has that he was born uh, potentially the smartest creature on his on his home world. Huh. Anyway, so I guess there's like a follow up book to this called like Original Sins, where all of these like different secrets or a lot of these different secrets are are explained. I guess. Okay. Um, yeah, there sure enough is Original Sins. It's a five part book. Yeah. But, Here's the thing, though. Uh-huh. Nobody cares. <laughs> that's, and that's like the thing too, right? Because like. It's kind of like if you did a book, it's kind of like if you wrote Civil War, but you actually kept all of the actual, like, Civil War infighting separate. It's kind of what happened here, because there's a lot of stuff about the secrets, right? Secrets, 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 but not one of the secrets is actually told in the book except for, like, Nick Fury's. And that one, like, doesn't matter. Exactly. I did, it just does I, I'm sorry. I can't get over the fact that if Nick Fury's the man of the wall, like the man on the wall, like why wasn't he shooting Thanos? Yeah. Before Infinity Gauntlet, why? Like, what good was he? Yeah, exactly. Sorry. Anyway. No, no, you're right. I hate, I hate getting into that. Like, because because it doesn't matter. Like everybody's like, talking about it right now. The Eternals weren't around for for Thanos. Why weren't they? Well, because nobody thought that the Eternals were going to be a marketable movie. <laughs> but now Marvel's running out of properties, and so they're going to bring him out, and they're going to put their white behind it, and hopefully it'll be good. But, like, when you do this sort of thing in a long-running comic book thing, I feel like it kind of needs to justify itself. If you're going to retcon stuff, you need to be able to, to work around all the world-building that you've done to this point. And you can't do it. You've got to, like, your story's going to suffer as a result. I was going to say, the, one of the things that, like, really plays well into this being, like a, like, a murder mystery or just kind of a mystery in the beginning... Is when Nick Fury's LMD that we still don't know is an LMD is concerned that the eye revealed a bunch of secrets to everybody except to him. I thought that was actually really cool because I like. What was the payoff for that? That he was an LMD. But did he not know? I I don't know. I don't think it knew. Apparently not. That's weird. Yeah, I thought at the moment in that issue, like, I remember, like, finishing up that issue, and I was like, ooh, how interesting. What's going to happen to here? And they'd just be severely disappointed by the punchline to that setup. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't disagree. That's a, that's an interesting sort of, like, mystery. Right. I just don't know that the resolution to the mystery mattered. Oh, yeah. No, it's a really, it's a really good, uh, it's a really good setup. It's no payoff. It is. I, I would agree with yeah. that. Um, I feel like that's a lot of this book. It's a really good setup. It's just the book just does that's not fair. Pay off. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Because I I liked the I liked the stuff in Heaven and Asgard. You know the tenth realm, like especially the art. But it it just I expected more when we when mm-hmm. we kind of you know pull the curtain back and get the whole big picture. And I respect the like the creative team. I know that they know how to put good comics together. We've read some of them, mm-hmm. you know, and it's competently made. And like the art looks good in the series and everything. I think it's more like how they decided to lay out the plot and less of you know, like it's not bad writing. It's bad like story instincts or bad. I don't know. It's like I. <laughs> I don't know. I've, I don't want to, like, criticize people who are way better than me at everything. <laughs> it's like, yeah. That's, you come that's out here. part of it, though. Uh, right? yeah. Like, these are good creators. Jason Aaron, Mark Wade. Just a lot of talent here. So we're talking a lot about, like, the creative teams, right? And, you know, I think the art here is 
it's really good i think it's you know it's good art it's good artists it is i think one of my one of my few complaints with the art is uh i i know i know that covers are meant to be like you know tantalizing they're supposed but i feel like there should also be a little truthful I do not like the amount of characters that show up on the covers that never show up in the books. Yeah, that's... Like, I, I thought the covers were okay, but yeah, it is kind of like... Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> like, original... Not... Like, like, number eight. Number eight, for example, has uh, Captain Marvel, Daredevil, Iron Fist, and Reed Richards as characters fighting on the moon. I don't remember what? any wait. of them. They weren't... None of them were in the book. Exactly. Like, ever! Yeah. The Avengers showed up. Were they in the background? Because <laughs> you think that, like, of all of the teams to have a... Like, to, you know, want to be involved in helping the Watcher or whatever. Like, Fantastic Four, you know, the thing is a little bit around in the beginning. You would think you would think the Fantastic Four would be a little bit more concerned since the, uh, the ultimate nullifier was, you know, part of this. Yeah. Which, that's how you hold it? It's a gun? <laughs> no. I, I do not believe that's... Well, maybe, maybe it was. I guess that's how you hold it. It just seems... A, I don't know. I guess I never really thought about the way you, like, held it. But, uh... You've never had to ultimately uh, nullify, nullify anything? Nullify something? No. Can't say I have. I thought I, it was, I, like, a cosmic to. lighter or something. You know? Same. I thought... I don't know what I thought it was. Not a gun. <laughs> I guess it's just I didn't pay attention. like some kind of ray gun like a big like the size of a big cannon it just, but it, like, it just shoots it just shoots ray romanos yeah i'm so short <laughs> i was good in the big sick uh, and parenthood so talking about things that don't matter i really like the issue zero yeah me too Absolutely did not matter, but yes, yeah. it was fine. It was cute. I like. I, I really like, uh, you know, Sam Alexander here trying to, like, buddy up with the, with the Watcher. That was, kind of, that was kind of nice. Completely different creative team, too, by the way. Mark Wade wrote it. Jim Chung and Paco Medina were the pencilers. Had a ton of inkers. Mm-hmm. Mark Morales, Guillermo Ortega. Uh, excuse me, Guillermo Ortego. Dave Micas, Juan Viasco, and Jim Chung. And colors by Justin Ponser, which actually, yeah, I can see that. The colors are excellent. Yeah, makes you a little sad now. It does. Um, <sighs> yeah. Yeah, so, but I, I think the art was consistently good throughout all of the books we yes. read. Um, especially, like, in Original Sin, the thing that I want to say about the layouts is the panels were very rarely just, you know, squares. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were... Um, there were lots of fragments, a lot of like panels on angles. I think especially as we get later into the series, you'll have like one image that is kind of the big background and that image will be fragmented. And so you'll wind up with these little like side panels that are like on the border or or around the main image. They're wordless. There aren't any significant images in them. They're just like segmented uh, parts of the background. And to me, that creates this really interesting effect where visually it's trying to convey this idea that uh, things are fragmented, that things are being kept secret, that things are being compartmentalized. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if that was the explicit intent, but that's kind of how I took it. And it was fascinating. I thought that some of those layout choices were really, really interesting. 
um, and good and compelling. I think especially in the eighth issue, I think I think the paneling gets a little like formulaic. I think at this point, like they've, I mean, obviously, right? It's eight issues or yeah, eight issues in, they've kind of really found their groove thematically. But you have a lot of those issues where like it's all like a, like just a lot of panels, but like they're they're tilted like it's a page within the page and it's tilted to the side you have like these other smaller panels that are just part of the main panel that are like fragmenting off i think specifically like page 10 of the eighth issue is like a really good example of having like these panels that are together but also kind of not but like it's all i don't know it was really good stuff yeah page 10 i happen to be looking at that one right now that's got old man nick fury fighting off some of the mindful ones and there's uh, like one image at the top of the page that is divided into like four sub panels. There's a circle, like it, it's a it's a gutter, like the space between comic book panels. It's a circle surrounding Nick Fury, and he's like punching back the mindful ones, and they're like flying backwards, and like it, it kind of creates this this sort of Nick Fury is the center of attention, but also he is maybe in the center of like some crosshairs. Or he's like the center, the central image of like a camera. Like the effect is really interesting. I really like it. And uh, yeah, I, I think that might be one of the best examples in the whole book. I think that there's... It, I, 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 is there more good than bad? I don't know. It's. It feels like the, the fact that it doesn't pay off kind of makes... The rest of the story just fall flat. But the art really is great, you know? And it makes me want to buy into the story more, but I just can't, you know? it This this looks like, no, this is, this is really happening. This is legit. This is, you know, you have to accept it because it looks like it should. And, you know, there's some, you know, great paneling here. There's, you know, it's properly done, but it's, not quite it's not quite there i don't know yeah and i don't think is it bad no i don't i don't know that it is bad it's because like i don't think bad is necessarily the same as the absence of good right right because i don't think there's much great in it art is really interesting um the 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 orb turning into a really creepy evil watcher type thing is kind of interesting yeah Wolverine talks about the integrity of steak night. Very important. Very, yeah. <laughs> also, I they also forget Thor on the moon. <laughs> they forget Thor on the moon? Like, they just leave him there? Yeah, because yeah, they're all jetting away together, and uh, Ant-Man points out that they're missing somebody, and it's just a shot of uh, Thor trying to pick up his hammer. Well, Thor can fly through space. He's can he without the hammer? Oh, um... Dun-dun-dun... <laughs> oh my gosh, all of a sudden that, that panel just got like... It's supposed to be a tragic image of Thor, and now all of a sudden I think it's Thor. It is. I, I, that's... Do we find out what Fury said? Like, you're not really worthy? Is it is it, it like pay... a lost in translation thing where it's supposed to be left up to interpretation? No, it, it pays... I mean, I don't want to say it pays off. It's, it's explained in the Jason Aaron's Thor run at some point i mean i i could i know what it is i looked it up if you want me to tell you i'll just read i know what it is too but i don't get the significance of it because it, it relates to parts of the jason aaron thor run that i haven't read yet i think wait no it doesn't it relates to stuff that we read for the podcast a little bit yeah a does it lead bit, yeah, into it... um to thor jane foster thor 
Well, this is what leads to Jane Foster. Right, because the hammer is... Because at this uh-huh. point, Thor is no longer worthy. The hammer goes to Jane Foster. So that's... Well, how does friggin' Nick I... Fury get to make that call? What the... What? It's because he tells him something that he knows... He tells he tells Thor something, and now Thor thinks he's unworthy, so now he can't pick up the hammer. It's not like Nick Fury's making a judgment here. Like, that's not the intention. He's making a change in Thor to realize that... He just inceptioned him. <laughs> it's a little unnecessarily obtuse, I think. Yeah. They could have played with that where, you know, Nick Fury knows how to neutralize everybody. Oh, you mean like a Batman contingency plan? Like a Batman contingency plan, yes, that is correct. <laughs> you mean you mean they should have just they should have just made this into Tower of Babel? Yeah. Wait, is that the one? Is that the one where he has a contingency plan for everything? There's an animated version, but I forget which what the title of it is. But uh, like he takes out Superman and then immediately like uses a kryptonite scalpel to like perform quick surgery on him or something. It's cool. yeah, we're talking about the same book. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Fury should just be Batman. <laughs> he stops stops the Flash by making a Velcro floor and giving him you know <laughs> Velcro shoes. Should we talk about the side stories? <laughs> yeah, we should. We should. <laughs> he stops the Flash by. Doing the old Kevin McAllister uh, hose down the front walk and make it icy trick, you know. <laughs> just in the old Home Alone, whichever flash you're dealing with, I think that might actually work. It does. Captain Cold, the Weather Wizard, the the friggin' other guy, <laughs> the other cold guy. So yeah, Mister Freeze, Doctor Freeze. Do we have anything more insightful to say about the the Iron Man Hulk story? Like, we've alluded to the fact that we're not super fond of it. Oh, here's the big reveal. Tony Stark's a... He's a douchewagon. Wow. Who saw that coming? (laughs) What a butt wagon. (laughs) Tony Stark, the jerk? Wow, I didn't see that coming at all. What a twist. Let's let's sum up the secret here real quick. (laughs) Um, So, the secret is that Tony Stark was hired by Thunderbolt Ross to tamper with the bomb that Bruce Banner developed, the Gamma Bomb, that would go off and turn him into the Hulk. Uh, Thunderbolt Ross hired Tony Stark to tamper with it to make it more deadly. And so Bruce Banner believes that that tampering is what made him into the Hulk. So Banner decides to take his revenge by going to Arno Stark, who... I don't even know what that guy's deal is. I thought he was the Iron Man of the future. I think he is, but I don't understand why he's here. In the context yeah. of this, with, with not knowing anything about him, it was like, oh, I'm Iron Man's brother. Ooh. It was just stupid. <laughs> so, yeah, but Arno injects injects Bruce with Extremis, which turns the Hulk super smart, and the Hulk uses that to, to like outsmart Iron Man, but Iron Man is able to... Eventually talk him down by showing him technology, and the Hulk goes, ooh, technology, I like technology. It's like, you can th- it's like how you can throw rice at vampires. It's like that. Throw rice at vampires? Yeah, they gotta what? count it. It's an OCD thing. What? Is this yeah. from In the Shadows? You're, are you talking about the count? No, I'm not talking. <laughs> oh my goodness. 200 what? grains. No, I'm talking about, that's actually very funny. But no, it's a, it's a different thing. <laughs> I don't, I've never, I've never heard this before. Oh, well, I was skeptical first, gentlemen, of course, because the first reference I saw was in Dr. McNinja. 
which the more said about it, the better, I think, because Dr. McNinja is terrific. I'm going to look up vampires and rice, and I'm going to say not... Uh, You're going to get vampires, comma, and yeah, rice. Yeah, I was going to say, is this, is this a very long about way to make an and rice joke? No. Anyway. Wait, it's a thing. Wikipedia said so. Hulk and Iron Man. Wikipedia says the, a lot the, of things. The Hulk and Iron Man story resolves with Bruce realizing that Tony Stark may have actually saved his life because taking down all of the extra plating... Uh, actually made the bomb less deadly because having that extra plating on there would have somehow increased the the blast radius and it might have actually killed everyone who was there to watch the demonstration. Because of Freddie Mercury. <laughs> is there another shoe or is that it? No, because it would have been under pressure. Under pressure. <laughs> oh gosh, I hate it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> So anyway, that's the resolution of the the Hulk-Iron Man fight, but it turns out there's yet another secret, and the secret is that Iron Man knew that the Gamma Bomb could turn someone into a Hulk, and he sent Bruce Banner an email, and Banner ignored it, and so therefore Iron Man is responsible for the creation of the Hulk. Left on red, end up dead. Um, (laughs) I just imagine this big thermometer... With mercury in it, and it's like, they're like, all right, let's get the gamma bomb test ready. Let me try that again. Let's get the gamma bomb test ready. How's our mercury level? And then it just goes, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> oh, no, we're under pressure. <laughs> Who let a parrot into John's room? are fighting at Wembley Stadium for Live 8. There we go. (laughs) I hated this book. (laughs) It's less of a hat on a hat and more of a crap on a crap. I just didn't need it. Oh, Oh my lord. I've never heard John laugh like that in my life. Sweet Arnold Stark and Troy. Yeah, what's Troy? That's the stupidest thing ever. Like, here's my future city. In China. You couldn't have called it Lubu. Explain. So Lubu was like a really, like, renowned conqueror of, like, Chinese history. So, like, if you're going to name an amazing city in China after, like, a historical figure, why wouldn't you name it after a Chinese figure instead of some Greek dude from, like, another part of the world? Why imperialism, Aldo? Yeah, why imperialism? <laughs> China has no. their own history of imperialism. Pull from that. Yeah, there was plenty to use from, but in our Western arrogance, we decided to use, well, Middle Eastern arrogance. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not sure that Mark Wade is the right person to be talking about Chinese imperialism. <laughs> I don't think I don't think anybody in this uh, digital room is equipped to talk about Chinese. <laughs> imperialism okay reading the the hulk versus iron man story you know what i thought the whole time what sounded like didn't we already do world war hulk we did and you think he'd be much madder about that i i just listen okay here's the thing i hate about this is that tony stark knows he messed up and it's just five issues of him running away knowing he messed up and it's like listen yeah 
I just hated that it was like four or five issues. It just it did not. Need, it could it could have been two. It could have been an email. It could have been an email. <laughs> this... Why is this a meeting? It could have been an email. This trade could have been an email. <laughs> it literally could have. It was. He sent him an email. It was an email. It was an email. <laughs> That's what happens when you don't read the email. Yeah, that one that one chain letter that you passed back in the AOL days, Mama. The, it's the other thing. Iron I, Man. Oh my goodness. <laughs> The the other thing I didn't like, so it's not that I didn't like the art, but we'll talk about the Thor Loki book here in a bit. But the Thor Loki book did a really cool thing where it kept switching art styles based on location. Mm-hmm. I think they tried to do that here based on the time period, but to me it didn't come across that way. So I was very confused because I thought Bruce Banner. <laughs> so this is what I thought. I thought Bruce Banner was hanging out with Arno Stark before he turned into the Hulk, injected himself with Extremis somehow before Extremis was invented, and then got rate uh, gamma radiated, and then became the Hulk. Yeah. Because of Extremis. Oh. So I was really confused. Uh, like, the timeline was not very clear to me, and maybe it's because I just didn't care at that point, but I was very confused for a while. Same. Uh, yeah. David Aha, like, I trust him to use colors in our style to convey... You know, um, timeline passing uh, much much better. Mm-hmm. It was we didn't need this. We did not need this. No, it added nothing. It it was just not good. Yeah, um, agreed. The I, I don't have much more to say about it than that. I kind of want to spend a bit of time talking about the Thor and Loki stuff. I concur because that I, I'm gonna say, I'm just gonna one thing that I didn't like. Loki, whether it's the young Loki or the old Loki in the future, had some real bad dialogue. Elaborate, please. I didn't think his dialogue was that bad, but apparently... Some of it is bad. Like what? I will pull up an example when my phone starts... The only thing I can think of like being bad dialogue is when he tells uh, uh, the heaven woman, the angel lady... uh, Was it all all to be your mother or something like that? That's a saying in... um... England, the one who's pouring the tea, I'll be mother. It's just something, whoever oh. is the one that pours the tea says that. It's a, oh, okay. And he says, ah, right. Midgard expression, you know. My monkey American brain did not get that. You uncultured swine! Yeah, my plebeian colonized brain did not accept it. <laughs> no, you know what it is? It's like, it was because it was an English little tidbit, and if it was, you know... A bit of culture from Japan, you would have caught that. Right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, see? So. Yeah. Tadaima! Also, <laughs> <laughs> because it came up in uh, the uh, Sherlock series with Benedict Cumberbatch, with Benadryl Crumplesnatch, <laughs> with Bandercoot <laughs> Cumberbutt, <laughs> with. With belly, who? <laughs> Banjo cucumber slice. Bench. <laughs> with bumper shoot. Crumple tilt skin. <laughs> with, with beneficial cabbage. I already said cabbage patch. Dang it. <laughs> 
anyways, uh, I was gonna get to something about something. Uh, anyways, with butterscotch crumble. Oh, no, stop! Stop! <laughs> butterscotch cinnamon roll. <laughs> yes. So, Steven, did you want to summarize the story? I think he wants to fire us and find new friends. No, what I actually want is another half hour of puns on Benedict Cumberbatch's name. That's really what I want. Ugh. Anyway, so, the I feel like, okay, the reason that I think the Thor and Loki story works better than anything else that we've read uh, is because we see its relevance, right? It is part of the longer Jason Aaron Thor stuff, some of which we've already encountered. The, the secret is Thor realizes he has a sister and that there's a 10th realm that is where his sister is being kept. So he goes off to the 10th realm to find his sister and Loki goes there with him and we get some great moments of Loki betraying Thor to the angels of heaven and then Loki betrays the angels of heaven to uh, make them slam into the shield wall of Asgard and that's his, you know, double cross. I, I should say her, because Loki turns into a girl so he can hang out with the, the angels of heaven. I also love that he just decides to stay that. Yeah, he just decides. Loki's going to be a girl for a while after this. And so Loki tricks the angels of Asgard, and that whole thing kind of buys Thor enough time to summon the the thunder, and he's able to fight the, the queen of the angels. And then Angela shows up, and he has another fight with Angela. Odin finally shows up, recognizes Angela as his daughter, and kind of puts an end to the fighting. The Asgardians leave heaven. Angela is cast out of heaven because the angels of heaven hate Asgardians. But Angela kind of feels relieved about it because now it's like she can go back off into space and explore the galaxy. And maybe and maybe guard it. And maybe guard it. I, but I think the, her stint with the Guardians was before this. And maybe continue and to after this it. goes to the Angela series that we read. Yes. So anyway, like, we see the direction that everything here goes in. Um, and that, I think, makes the whole thing stronger. That art's pretty good consistently throughout. Um, I still hate Angela's design, but I think the art here does a good job of showing her as a warrior and not lingering on the aspects of her costume that are a touch unsavory. Uh, Lady Loki, I know, like, the the fur collar and the shoulders, great look. <laughs> um, I think it's really good. Just, yeah, uh, I, I'm much, much higher on this than anything else that we read tonight. Yeah, I I really like... So, so I mentioned that a little bit. But I really like that this book kept switching art styles. So yeah, so the art keeps switching between Lee Garbett and Simone Bianchi. And and uh, Simone Bianchi is the primary art when they're on Heaven or the Tenth Realm, whichever you want to call it. And when anywhere else, it was uh, Lee Garbett. And I really like that. I really like that distinction of where they are. It really gives the Tenth Realm like a, like a distinctly different vibe. And I really like that. Angela will never not be a weird fit in the Marvel Universe for me. That said, I like they've between this and the the Angela story that we read, I I think they gave it a really good try. I I love how 
dense Thor is canonically in everything. Because I love yes. I love the fact that Thor, looking for his Asgardian sister, goes to a realm where everybody has wings. And the what and he's and this man is just demolishing, right? Like he's fighting like ten of these angelic women at by himself. And then comes along the one wingless woman who can keep up with him. And at no point does this man go like, wait a minute. Hmm, something's off here. No, Thor smash. <laughs> and it's not until, like, and I love the fact that, like, his, when his dad, when Odin shows up and he, and he points out that that's Angela. It's not even, like, a rational, like, dude. Like, look at, look at her, right? It's not even something like that. It's like, I feel the soul bond between you, father and daughter. And it's like, oh, gee, all right, whatever. Whatever. Hard disk eyeball. I don't care. <laughs> okay, so I think my one big complaint about this book is the fact that I, some of Loki's lines, I don't... You said that. Yeah. Elaborate. I found an example, finally. I've been flipping through the books, <laughs> trying to remind myself of the line in particular. And it's not as bad as I thought it was. <laughs> it does bug me, though. Um, issue 4, page 12... Loki is giving a speech to the warriors of heaven prior to them slamming into the shield walls of Asgard. <laughs> that was great. And Loki is like, first of all, I actually think the speech is really fun because there's a point where Loki's like, we will give them no quarter, no warning. We will massacre them in their sleep, including the children, especially the children, small children and babies. I want to stress that baby murder will happen at tedious <laughs> length. Yes. And he, like she's trying to, like make them feel bad about this and they are not feeling bad. Mm -hmm. But then she like gives them the opportunity to voice their, their disagreement. And she says, anyone disagree? Anyone at all? Bueller. Oh yeah. I hate Bueller. Bueller I hate Bueller. That made me so mad when I read it. I, I also really like, okay. So to balance out that one bad line, I really like Odin's little speech at the end where he talks about, you know, how, like, Angela has kind of gone off to go do her own thing. And he, you know, uh, he talked about how he loves his children. And he's like, I love my son. And I love my daughter. And I like the one who can be both. <laughs> <laughs> also, Loki was an agent of Asgard. What is that? I don't know. That was the name of one of his solo series. <sighs> so knife. Maybe that's why they're I... <laughs> referencing it. It's, it's more reading. Yeah, it's one of those things... <laughs> It's one of those things where, like, I really, really wanted to want to get into the Jason Aaron's, uh, like, Thor run. That is a beefy section of the Marvel Universe. <laughs> yeah. You have, like, the Angela stuff. You have the Jane Foster Thor stuff. You have the Unworthy Thor. You have all the Loki stuff going. Uh, not to count, not to mention, like, the, the sometimes Guardians of the Galaxy crossover stuff. Like, there's just so much... It's so daunting. I just keep reading Amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> That's comfort. Because there's much less of that than It's Thor. just comfort. <laughs> I know. I already know Spider-Man. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, do we have anything else that we want to say about uh, Thor and Loki, though? Because I feel like it's it, there's not much to it. It's just pretty good. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I, I would say, if you're going to read Jason Aaron... Um, read something else too you know like yeah but the thing is okay so the scripting for the thor and loki tie-in isn't jason aaron it's al ewing right well yeah i mean he wrote the script but like they came up with a story together so um right retcon retcon okay 
Hey, Al Ewing's great, isn't he? Boy. Yep. <laughs> he's he's supposed to be really good. I haven't read much of him. He did the Immortal Hulk, which we've read some mm-hmm. of. Did Jason Aaron do... Um, shoot, what's the Hulk run where Banner's like a mad scientist and he keeps getting the Hulk into crazy situations that only the Hulk can... Like, he wakes up on... You know, a space station, and there's a crazed cosmonaut who like fights bears, and then he wakes up in Atlantis, and all this stuff's going <laughs> oh, on. I just forgot. I have no idea. Oh, it's Stay Angry. That sounds Stay amazing, angry. though. Yeah, oh, it's that fun. Cool. It's all fun. Right, we should, it, that sounds we really should. Okay, good. we'll put it on the to read list. Put it on the list. Yeah. We're not gonna read it next time because we have a book for next time. Uh, let's rank these. Um, holy crap! So, my my. I thought the intention with this episode was for us to rank one story. We got three yeah. as a result. I mean, we do, unfortunately. This isn't the first time um, it's happened. Uh, it, I don't think it is. Currently have 158 stories on our list. Uh, they're, they're all over the place. <laughs> <sighs> Let's start. Okay, big event comics. Um, our highest ranking big event comic is Secret Wars, which is number three. Uh, lowest ranking... Big event comic is, uh, what is our lowest ranking event? I'm looking. Oh, it's Civil War. I actually think Civil War is at the bottom of our list. Uh, no. Marvel Civil Zombies. Civil War is at number 140. Marvel Zombies. Marvel Zombies at event, though. I, I, I just put it as a dark day know. on my calendar. I don't know how you guys <laughs> celebrate it. And I know there's you more. Know I know there's Marvel more. And yeah. Oh, we're get. Oh, we should. Another Halloween we are ruined. Getting close to Marvel Zombies reading time. Yeah, it's it's getting spookier in the air. Pumpkin spice is entering <laughs> the atmosphere. Bad comics it's on the horizon. The home. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. Now we know Civil War is at the very bottom because one member of the podcast really doesn't like it. He's really good at arguing his point too. Just a what big a old, Just a big old wet blanket. So, <laughs> That's does right. Original Sin go that low? No, but it doesn't go much higher. I don't think it goes very high at all. Yeah, Original Sin is so middle of the road. I feel like somewhere around 100, maybe. Yeah, maybe not even that high. I, I don't know. I like this better than Ultra Unlimited. <laughs> see somebody Ultra has... Unlimited is a lot higher on this list than I thought it would be. <laughs> I also see that somebody had, uh, had highlighted Longshot. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather read Longshot than yeah, this. I would not. <laughs> I would put this above Cadaverous, the Spider-Man story by J.J. Abrams, because I forget what happens. J. Abrams? That's the J. one Abrams. where Peter Parker... Yeah, that's the one where Peter Parker loses a hand and has a child. And then dies. And then dies. And the new Spider-Man is his child, and also Mary Jane is going to be Spider-Man, I think. Oh, yeah, cause she comes back. She was part of a... Which sounds way more interesting than it wound up actually. We... Tony Stark has a pony. This was not that long ago, and I cannot for the life of me remember it. So, therefore, <laughs> that goes below this. Because I like Star Wars Vader Down more than this. Agreed. I was going to say, Vader Down is better than Original Sin, I would say. I don't know. I like Star Wars Infinity and New Hope, but I understand that that's kind of cheating. You know, because it's just... It's just a nice adaptation of something I love anyway. It's like, hey. No, that's not this. Star Wars Infinities was the uh, what if. Um, You're thinking of Star Wars manga. Yeah, the Star Wars manga is significantly higher. The Star Wars Infinity, is that 
What it? Wait a minute. That's the one where they fail to shoot the the Death Star. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Hey guys, I'm worried about my short term memory loss. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Hey, that was that was like forty episodes ago. You're fine. Am I? Anyway. I like this uh, less than with Vader down. I don't remember what I had for breakfast today. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of the ranking, I think I would put this at 114. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I was in agreement. Yeah. Yeah. So that goes in between Star Wars Vader down and Cadaverous. Yes. Original Sin, Hulk versus Iron Man. Let's... I think that one goes let's lower. Let's dip that a little bit. Uh, low, <laughs> low, 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 low. Because it's also not like... I don't think it's offensively bad. It's just... Oh, and the, the first thing that I look at that makes me think offensively bad is Galacta. Which is awful. So yeah, above that, I would put it below Extremis. I didn't mind Extremis uh, compared to this or, you know, other stories lower than that. But that's... I actually yeah. think I like that ranking as well. Below um, Extremis? I would put it, that would be below Extremis, above the Marvel Valentine special, which was kind of baffling. <laughs> which was also recorded as the 69th episode. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <I'm> nice. <laughs> I'm an adult. <laughs> I do adulting. I pay bills, and I have insurance. Look at my 401k. <laughs> um, lastly, Thorn Loki, the Tenth Realm. Goes higher. Um... Do, okay. Is it question? Is it yes. anywhere near as good as Battleworld Thor? That's actually where I was looking. Because my immediate points of comparison. And I kind of think compar- the answer is maybe. Because my immediate points of comparison for that is that, and or Angela Asgard's assassin, which is fifty four. That's fair. That's really high. I don't think it's as good as Angela. Wait, was is that I is that above Battleworld? I think it's World? comparable to Battleworld. I thought Battleworld was above that. No, no you're Battle right. No, Battleworld is below. Thor's, Thor's Battleworld Battle is, is at sixty-five. Why well, am? It, I think it just keeps getting bumped by stuff, but I still like it a lot. I do too. It's, oh yeah, it's good. You know, we're talking about that a was a good mystery. Event. That was a better murder mystery. <laughs> <laughs> What's the Thor story where he has that completely like incredulous face, like that who? Like he's just stumped. Where he, it's, he's still the old Thor with the... I don't even know if it's Stormbreaker, but it's an axe instead of Mjolnir. But it's just the goofiest looking facial expression. I think it might be this one. I think it might be Battleworld. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Hey, Aldo, what's that Thor story where Thor goes, who? <laughs> hey, that's a fair question. If you saw the face, it's very much... I'm going to find it, and then I'm going to put it in the chat. And y'all better be saying sorry. That's. that's I, I will say... I will say I think Children's Crusade is better than uh, than Thor and Loki, so I, I I would not put it above Children's Crusade, but I would put it maybe one below, like above the Mary yeah. X Men Holiday Special. I'm not a hundred percent sure that I agree, but I'm also not sure that I want to spend a significant amount of time ranking this <laughs> book. Um, I, it definitely is better than the X Men Holiday Special. So if we put it in between Children's Crusade and the Mary X Men Holiday Special, I would be fine with that. John, do you have opinions and thoughts? Do you have strong opinions? Do you have strong thoughts? Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. <laughs> I would put it, yeah, I'd put it just below Thor's Battle World. I think that's fine. I think that's good. I mean, if we put it at uh, where Rogan Gambit is now, we can say nice again. But I don't think <laughs> nice. that's reason enough for <laughs> to bump it down. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, it's no, no. <laughs> All right, so Thorn Loki, the tenth kingdom or the tenth realm or whatever it's called, original sin tie-in is at sixty-seven. That is so much original sin. I am so sick of this event. Yeah, let's do something nice and simple next time. I, okay, I also also we didn't talk about this at all. I hate that it's called original sin. There is no original sin in this book. Yeah. I know! Like, I think the original sin is supposed to be, oh, Nick Fury's a bad guy. Surprising no one. There's a lot of sins. There's no original one. Those are all boring copycat Walmart brand sins. It's not the original sin. I feel like Walmart is the original sin. (laughs) Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) What are we reading next time? I don't remember. (laughs) Hold on. We broke him. Oh, no. Oh, I remember. Okay. My head hurts because so it's a little we, Thor, though. We're going to give the Eternals another shot. Seriously? <laughs> My arm is a th- eternally Thor from the COVID vaccine. <laughs> not very not very mighty at all. I mean... Uh, so this is a Thor story. Uh, the Eternals saga, which ran in Thor numbers 283 through 291, plus the Thor annual number 7. Uh, yeah, it's a a healthy chunk of comics. We're going to read about the Deviants and the Eternals, since there's supposed to be a movie about them. What? Pretty soon? Yes. And this should hopefully only be one story, so that we can rank it as one story and not as a dozen, or however many we did. Will this one have Jon Snow? The Man on the Wall? No, Jon Snow. The Black Knight, Kit Harrison. Uh, you might... We don't... We haven't... Ooh, Aldo. I've literally never seen Game of Thrones. I just thought I just thought that Game of Thrones was the way posh people talked about musical chairs. <laughs> I just remember there was one episode of Binging with Babish where Babish starts saying, "You know nothing, Jon Snow," and he just keeps repeating it over and over and over again. Was it? And as he does, his British accent slowly morphs from like you know posh British to surfer dude. No, you know nothing, Jon Snow. It's really weird. <laughs> weird gag. <laughs> what? <laughs> 